0: Grace and peace to you all who are listening. I am Jay A, your host and the founder of Seven Keys Management. I would like to formally welcome you to the second Bible study session on the study of the major and minor prophets. Thank you so much for joining us. It has been an amazing time thus far. Last session, our teacher Esther Glory taught on Ezekiel. And understanding the specificity of one's call. If you haven't had the opportunity to listen to it, please head to 7 Keys Management on Instagram. Press on the link and there you will see the previous session. This time around, we have Mr. Otis Reynolds teaching on Samuel. Samuel is honestly one of my favorite books in the Bible and one of my favorite prophets. So I would suggest that you grab a pen, a pencil, a notebook and head to a quiet room because it is time to gear up for Bible study. Before we get started, I'm going to pray and then I'll hand it over to Otis Reynolds. So, Father God, I just thank you for being who you are. I thank you for being great. I thank you for being perfect. I thank you for being friendly, kind. Father, I thank you for being an affirming father. I thank you that you have given each and every one of us a name, a specific name, a specific call, a destiny, a purpose, and for giving us the wisdom to steward our purpose. I thank you for giving us instruction, God, for highlighting the path that you have for us to follow. God, I even thank you that you have given us the grace um, to be able to grow in our call. Father, you have not called us be perfect but to put effort into what you would desire out of us so i thank you father for that grace i thank you for the kind of patience you have for us And even now, I just want to pray, Father, that for those who have been struggling to hear or to understand what purpose you have for them, that you would give them a new level of sensitivity, a new level of discernment and a greater capacity to understand what you will require out of them, what you desire for their lives. You have called each and every one of us to do something and you would have for us to to do what you have called us to do. So I pray that you would give them a greater level of discernment. And I pray that you would even give them the grace to obey you, to follow you, the faithfulness to follow after your word, the the ear to hear your word and to follow your voice. And even concerning Otis, I thank you, Father, that you have given him the grace to obey, that you have given him a great capacity of faithfulness, that he has followed you thus far and has seen the fruit be born in his life. So I pray that whatever grace is on his life, that you will pour that very same grace out onto those who are listening and that he would impart The kind of faith that he has in his heart to those who are listening. I pray that he will impart wisdom unto those who desire to understand more. I pray that he will impart endurance to those who want to seek after you. I just thank you, Father, that your hand is on his life and that your hand is also on the lives of those who are listening. So, Father, be glorified in this. Be glorified in this. In the name of Jesus. Amen.
1: Hey, guys. Good morning. Good afternoon. Good evening. I hope you're all okay. I hope you're all well. I'm excited to be here. Jay, founder of Seven Keys Management, has trusted me to speak and to teach you guys on the Bible. Not just the Bible, but we are in a series of the prophets right now. Glory did an excellent job last time around when she spoke about Ezekiel. This time around it is me and I'm going to be speaking on the prophet Samuel. The prophet Samuel, if you don't know, is in the Bible, in the Old Testament, in 1 Samuel. He's not in 2 Samuel, but the book is still named after his name. But we're going to talk about 1 Samuel. Samuel and the prophet Samuel so I'm going to run through uh, a few little facts about him in his life and then we're going to get into the story of Samuel and we're going to go from there and let's see where God takes us excuse me so let's go Samuel prophet Samuel Samuel was born in Ramaphaim, Ramaphaim, Salfim in the hill country of Ephraim just to let you guys know from now I'm not Hebrew, so these words and some of these names I may get wrong. Do not shoot me, do not fire me, I will come for you. <laughs> I'm an English person, but I'm going to try my best. Okay, so Samuel was born in Ramaphayim, sulphid in the hill country of Ephraim. Samuel's mother was Hannah and his father was Alcanna. Alcanna, that's how I think it's pronounced. If you didn't know, Hannah was barren and prayed to God for a son. And she said if God gives her a son, she would dedicate it back to him. God eventually opened her womb and then she bore a son called Samuel. And Samuel actually means God heard or asked of God because God heard Hannah's cry when she was asking for a son. Samuel was a Levite who was raised in the temple by the priest Eli as Hannah gave him to God, which being under Eli, he then became a priest. Samuel is also a Nazarite. Like Samson in the book of Judges, Samuel is dedicated to the Lord as a child. This dedication was for life. So he never cuts his hair because as a Nazarite, there's particular things and particular traditions they withhold to. And there's particular things like not being able to cut your hair, which is one of them. Samuel first heard God calling him in 1 Samuel 3, when God gave Samuel the word of the Lord over the house of Israel. The same chapter ends by stating that Samuel then progressed and was known as a prophet of God from across the land. Samuel was called as a prophet, priest and a judge he was the one God called to anoint and start the monarchy of the kingdom of Israel when anointing Saul as king which he later then anointed David. The Israelites were God's chosen people and if you didn't know that it says in Deuteronomy 7 verse 6 for you Israel are a people holy to the Lord your God the Lord your God has chosen you out of all the peoples on the face of the earth to be his people his treasured treasured possession so i'm giving you that detail there so if you didn't know why saul and uh, david were the first kings of israel it's because israel were god's chosen people Samuel was also called to announce God's word and judgment over Israel Samuel was also the one who started the school of the prophets That's in 1 Samuel 19 verses 18 to 24 Samuel's death Samuel died in 1 Samuel chapter 25 The Bible says then Samuel died and the Israelites gathered together and lamented for him And buried him at his home in Ramah Okay well I'm going to get straight into it so, I'm going to start right at the beginning, where Samuel was born. If you didn't know, the father, Alcana, hopefully I'm pronouncing it right. Alcana had two wives, one called Hannah, one called Penina. Penina was a woman who had children and she was fertile. She was able to give birth to children. Hannah, on the other hand, she was infertile. The Bible says that she was barren and her womb was closed. So, Hannah was someone who really wanted a baby, but she wasn't able to. Hannah eventually fell pregnant in 1 Samuel 1, verse 20. Hannah got pregnant and she gave birth to Samuel. The word Samuel, as I said, means God hears, God heard, Because Hannah was in a place where, because she was bowing, she would cry out to God. She was in a place where the Bible says that Eli, the priest, came up to her and even questioned if she was drunk because she was crying and she was hurt so bad that words couldn't physically come out of her mouth. She was so hurt that words cannot physically come out of her mouth, which mistakenly a priest thought that she was a drunkard when really she was just broken. Even on that note, is there many times in our lives where you've been judged or misunderstood for the simple fact that it's not that you look, it's not that you're in the position of how you look like, but you're literally broken. You're literally in a place of brokenness. But other people are choosing your brokenness and seeing your bitterness. Or other people are looking at your brokenness and just seeing you as a drunkard, just like the priest saw Hannah. But God saw Hannah's heart. And when God saw Hannah's heart and heard her prayers in her heart because she couldn't physically speak, the Lord God granted her Samuel and granted her a baby. 1 Samuel uh, 1 verse 28 uh, talks about when Hannah lent him to the Lord. The scripture says this is when Hannah gave him over to the Lord. And then that's when the priest, the seer Samuel from a young age started to be in training because she was given over uh, when he was around three to five years old. He was given over when he was weaned to Eli to then grow up in the temple because that was the sacrifice that Hannah said and prayed for if she was able to give birth. So that's why he was Samuel was raised in the temple. Don't know about Eli just to say Eli was a good priest. Uh, his sons weren't that good though which shows that he was a passive father. This is 1 Samuel chapter 2. His sons were Hophni and Phineas, something like that if I pronounce it right. They did not know the Lord the Bible says. You have to understand these were two people that were on staff in God's house but they didn't know the Lord. They were people that worked in the temple because these were the sons of the priest Eli. But they were working in the temple, but they did not know the Lord. The Bible says that they were corrupt. That's what the Bible says. They were corrupt. And this just shows there is people that go to church. There is people that work in church. There is people that sing, that pray, that dance, that worship, that do all these things in the church, but they do not know God. Do not be deceived. Your worship and your prayer life does not mean that you know God. The Bible even talks about, um, as as Jesus speaks, saying, depart from me, I never knew you. But the person says, I I healed the sick, I cast out demons all in your name. But Jesus said, depart from me because I never knew you. Let's not get to a place where we become so familiar with church, so familiar with worship, so familiar with prayer, where we don't know God, but we're actually deceiving ourselves. It's not about the works that you do. It's about your posture towards the Lord. Anyway, moving on. 1 Samuel 3. God calls Samuel. God calls Samuel in a time where people weren't listening in those days. The Bible says the word of the Lord was rare. That's what the Bible says in 1 Samuel 3. The word of the Lord was rare. Maybe God doesn't speak to us because we don't want to listen. You have to understand, the the Bible says the word of the Lord was rare, but Samuel still heard. Samuel still heard the word of the Lord. You understand? But the word was rare. Maybe the word was rare because no one wants to listen. Maybe the word was rare because our ears aren't tuned into the spirit of God. Maybe no, maybe the word was rare because even people in those times, the Bible talks about in Judges, that in the last part of Judges, that they wanted to do what they would like to do. So maybe in this day and age, maybe there's some of also maybe there are people listening who are struggling to hear the voice of God or are struggling to find out the next move is because we want to do what we want to do, and God is still saying, "Listen, I'm not going to speak to you about a new thing when you still haven't done the old thing." Get the foundational things right And I'll move you into the deep end There's a lot of us that want to go swimming But want to go straight into the deep end But don't know how to swim God will take you through the shallow to the deep And he will let you make your mistakes in the shallow But you can't know the deep things Or try to understand the deep things of God Without finding out the foundational things And think that you will be stable So I'm going left and right with this But I get passionate in these things (laughs) Um, Let me see what else Samuel Samuel so, yes, yeah, Samuel in one, in 1 Samuel 3, in verse 9 to 10, Samuel is open. Here's the word of the Lord. God didn't tell Samuel his will until the fourth time. If you didn't know, Samuel was sleeping and he heard, he heard a voice basically calling him. And Samuel thought that it was Eli. And he went to Eli three times. And on the third time, Eli told him to respond a certain way, saying, this is your servant. I am here. But I want to let you know and encourage you. This is why the Bible says, knock and you shall receive. Sometimes you have to do a constant action. Sometimes God wants you to continue to pray. Sometimes God wants you to continue to worship until he will respond. God didn't tell Samuel his will until the fourth time. So I encourage you to keep asking and keep knocking because God will answer you. Now we move on to 1 Samuel 4. Sorry if it seems like I'm going through this quite fast. I'm trying to be obedient to the time limit. So in 1 Samuel 4, this is when the Philistines were prominent in their time. This is when the Israelites and the Philistines were going to battle and going to war. In this chapter, uh, they came to where Israel was and they stole the Ark of the Covenant. This is where you hear the word Ichabod, which means the glory has departed. You know, because, yeah, I'm not going to get into that. need to move on. Anyway, 1 Samuel 8, this is when it went to theocracy, to a monarchy. If you don't know what theocracy is, that's when the people of Israel literally depended on the word of the Lord. There was no king. There was no queen. There was there was no monarchy at this point. It was a theocracy. This is where uh, the prophets or the people would speak and there'll be a leader. And then everyone would obey them due to what God has spoken. God would speak. The people obey. But at this point, it turned to a monarchy because the people asked Samuel for a king. Because the people asked Samuel for a king because they said they wanted to be like everybody else. <laughs> they said they wanted to be like everybody else. And I want to say this as well. Did God want them to have a king? Because this is the question. Because did God want them to stay in the theocracy, Or did he want them to go into the monarchy? Well, I want to let you know that God did want them to go into monarchy. And I'll give you scripture to prove it. Genesis 49, Jacob's deathbed. The Bible says the scepter shall not depart from Judah until the Messiah comes. God did want rulership on earth. He did want it. He wanted rulership on earth. And Deuteronomy 17 says, when you come to the land which the Lord your God has given you and possess it and dwell in it, and then you're going to say, I will set a king over me like all the other nations that are around me. So in other words, God knew they was going to get to this point. So he already had a king in line. Then it says, you shall surely set a king over you whom the Lord your God chooses. Wow, this is why it went wrong. Because the Saul was chosen. And the Bible says, the scepter shall not depart from Judah until the Messiah comes. Saul was not from the tribe of Judah, but he was from the tribe of Benjamin. This is the first thing that was wrong. So it was the wrong tribe. The second thing that was wrong with this, uh, this calling was it was the wrong timing. If they waited 10 more years... After Saul's uh, anointment Or whatever you call it The anointing As he became king If they waited 10 more years David would have came And been the rightful king But because they were so impatient And because they wanted to be like the world God gave them a king Because that's what they wanted God has given us free will To do what we want And he is not a God of control He is a God that loves And loves gives us free will If God was a God of control Adam and Eve would have never felt in the garden But he loved them so much He gave them free will To make the decision That they wanted to make Even if it goes against him And hurts him There's so many times in our life Where God allows us to make mistakes God allows us to fall God allows us to go through these consequences God allows us to literally get hurt To get broken And it's not because God says it Or he wanted it It's because he loves you so much He allows you to make your own decisions And he knows When you get to that broken place He is the one that will go to you The Bible says God draws close to the brokenhearted." So even when you mess up And you then become broken Do not get condemnated condemned do not feel defeated do not feel shameful because the bible says he draws near you just have to turn to him and look to him anyway Altis, stay on track <laughs> it was the wrong tribe it was the wrong timing and it was the wrong motive the motive of why they wanted a king is because they said we want to be like everybody else they want to be like everybody else and to give the scripture for that that was one samuel chapter eight verses four to six that's what it was now we're going to one, uh, 1 Samuel 9, and this is when, well, 9 to 15, because I'm, I'm just giving a summary. This is when Saul now becomes king. Saul becomes king, starts off great, and then as we know, it goes downhill. Number one, Saul was arrogant. Samuel the prophet told Saul, Before you go to battle, let me offer a sacrifice. At this point, to give you context, Saul was now king, the rightful king that the people wanted, so it was allowed. And now because he's king, God gave Samuel specific instructions to give to Saul before he went to battle with the Philistines. Samuel told Saul, before he go to battle, let me offer a sacrifice to God. Saul, with his arrogant self, instead took on a role of a priest, which was illegal and done his own sacrifice saul was not a priest he was a king samuel was the priest so if anyone was meant to offer a sacrifice at that specific time and moment it was samuel so so saul decided to take things into his own hands (laughs) man it's it's crazy He he was so arrogant like in chapter 13 verse 3 it talks about how jonathan invaded when it went to the the battle Jonathan invaded and done all the hard work, but Saul's the one that blew the trumpet and gained the glory all for himself. Saul wasn't even the one doing all the hard work. At this point, it was Jonathan, but Saul gained glory to himself. So I want to tell you on that note, pride always destroys what God builds. If there's pride in your business, if there's pride in your relationships, if there's pride uh, uh, in you, in your family or whatever, listen, Pride always comes before the fall. That's why we have an enemy called Satan. Because Satan was prideful and God kicked him out of heaven. He kicked him out of heaven. Why? Because the Bible says that the Lord resists the proud, which is the prideful. And gives grace to the humble. Maybe some of you aren't having grace or aren't receiving the grace that you need. Because you are not humble, but because you are proud and prideful. Anyway, moving on. Saul was arrogant. Saul was also indifferent. He said, Saul said, uh, when there was battling uh, against the philistines at another point as well that you can't eat the food until you win the battle he told his soldiers told his men you can't eat the food until you win the battle jonathan and his armor bearer at this point went under the under the ground and killed all the philistines but jonathan still ate saul did not like it and saul was going to kill him but the israelites saved him and spoke for him jonathan who was samuel's son no, sorry Jonathan was Saul's son And Saul was going to kill his own son Because of his own prideful ways The Israelites The Israelites had to spare Jonathan From Saul's hand Even though Jonathan killed All these people <laughs> It was too much for Saul Because it wasn't Saul's hand that did it Just that little disobedience of You know Regardless, I killed our enemy, Saul Like imagine I'm Jonathan Saul, I killed all the enemies, but I had a bit of honey. That's what he had, he had a bit of honey. And the honey gave me the energy for me to kill them all. Saul wasn't having it. Saul was not having it. (laughs) It was going to kill him, but the Israelites spared him. And I want to also say, Saul was also disobedient. In 1 Samuel 15, it speaks about it. God asked Saul to kill everything. God asked Saul to kill everything. And this is the, um I can't even pronounce the word, Am- Amalekites. That's it, Amalekites. God asked Saul to kill all the Am- Amalekites, to kill everything, every person, even the spoils, the animals, everything. He told a specific instructions Samuel said to Saul to kill him. Saul ended up not killing. <laughs> the Bible talks about how Samuel Saul said that to Samuel that he basically done the work. And Samuel said, so why do I hear sheep? Because the rules were for the spoils, the animals and everything to be killed. Well, because of that, God rejected Saul. Verse 22 and chapter 15. God rejected Saul because Saul rejected God's word. Maybe... There's a few of you right now that hasn't got the business just yet, hasn't got the right relationship just yet, just isn't where you're meant to be. It's because you're rejecting God's word. God has given some of you, even now, specific instructions, but because of fear, because of pride, because of many different things, your own emotions, your own feelings, regardless of what it is. The jealousy, the envy, regardless of what it is, if God has given you a specific instruction do and you haven't done it, do not be surprised when God rejects you. The Bible says, in me paraphrasing, is that those that love me are obedient to me. If you're not obedient to God, you don't love Him the way you worship. You don't love Him the way you think you do worship. I'm telling you, don't feel and don't be in a place like Saul where God has to reject you. Because you want to do things your own way. Saul genuinely thought this way was the right way. Saul genuinely thought this was a smart idea to keep the king, to keep this one hostage. He kept one, he kept some animals, and I think it was the king that Saul kept, where well, even though got told him to kill everyone. Regardless, even if it seems like a good idea, it seems like the wise thing. If God has given you a specific instruction, meet the instruction. The breakthrough, the miracle, the signs, the wonders come from the instruction, not from your own feelings. What comes from your feelings is failure. That's another story. So, we are 19 minutes already. Wow, I've got to wrap up. (laughs) Anyway, at this point, because God rejected Saul... And uh, it's the Bible says in verse 35, Samuel didn't see Saul until he died. But anyway, because at this point, Samuel felt dejected. Saul was rejected. And now God has selected because now Saul was dejected by what's happened so samuel just couldn't believe everything that was what went on he was dejected saul felt rejected because he was rejected by god and now god now had to select so god has selected now david 1 samuel 16 tells god tells samuel says he tells samuel to stop mourning saul and to go to jesse's house i wanted to tell you this Even when a plan doesn't go to head, even when someone has come and abused you, even when someone has literally just broken a relationship and broken or or mistreated you or or been a Judas to you or whatever, God always has a plan. One king failed, but God straight away in the next verse in chapter 16, he tells Samuel to stop mourning Saul and to go to Jesse's house. Why? Because at Jesse's house, he already chose the next king. He already chose it. Just because you may feel broken in your emotions right now, I'm telling you and I'm prophesying to you to get up and go to the next house. I'm prophesying you to get up and go to the next idea. I'm prophesying to you to get up and to continue to strive for what God has given. God's promises are yes and amen and your feelings and the way that the world goes. We know things end and start or start and end, whatever. But if God has said it, it shall last and it shall come to It, it shall come to promise. It shall come to promise. So God chooses David, the shepherd boy with no experience. Did you know the crazy thing about this? Before I go into this, sorry. Samuel went to Jesse's house to anoint David. Samuel anointed David because God chose David. Out of all the brothers, God chose David. Samuel first couldn't believe it because, you know, all the brothers are bigger. They were stronger, all that kind of stuff. But Samuel, so God said to Samuel, I look at the heart basically and Saul anointed Samuel the crazy thing about God I'm gonna leave it with this because eventually eventually after this part which I'm about to say Samuel then dies in chapter 25 we don't really hear from him really we hear from him a few more times but um yeah I'm gonna to have to end it here because of time but let me tell you this when God chose David he was a shepherd boy with no experience Samuel went to David and anointed David And so David knew he was going to be the king. David had to get to the palace. God uses Saul and his paranoia to get David into the palace. And that's 1 Samuel 16, to 23 for the verses. But I want to tell you this. God put David into the palace before he was king. The yet to be king, the promised king, the anointed king is standing in front of the king. (laughs) The king right now. And he's literally there knowing that this will be his place. David wasn't prideful. David wasn't boastful. David didn't try to uplift himself. David didn't try and and make himself look bigger or better than than, than Saul because he knew that he was going to take his place. David humbly went into the palace. Humbly became the armour bearer of Saul. And humbly took away his paranoia due to his musical abilities. I want to tell you that God will always show you or bring you to the right people or in the right environment before you get to the promised land. There's some of you who are destined to be millionaires, but you know millionaires or you're around them, but you're not one and you feel inadequate. There's some of you that want to be professional athletes who are around professional athletes, but you're not one of them. There's some of you that want to write books, but you're around authors and you're not authors. God will always put you around these people or around these environments, so he, so you can see and have insight before you get there. God is trying to teach you something, and He's trying to make you understand something before you get into that place. David, knowing that he was going to be king, he never tried to dethrone Saul, and that to me is so powerful. The humble, the humble, the humbleness of his heart and of his mind and his posture kept him in a place where God could use him for everything, which then we know he eventually, you know, defeated the giant and many things like that. But I'm going to stop this there. I'm going to stop this here. I want you to know, Samuel later on, a few chapters down, he eventually died. He died in, I think it's chapter 25, Samuel dies. Um, There's not really a lot more that's said about Samuel after this point. But I want you to know, Samuel was someone who was an obedient man. Samuel was someone that was raised in the temple. Samuel was someone that even though he was hurt and his feelings got hurt by Saul so many times, or his feelings got hurt by Many things that people would have said about him Or many things he would have heard about himself Because you have to understand If Samuel was the only prophet across the land And the only prophet that The Bible says the word of the Lord was rare in those times So Samuel was the only really trusted voice in that nation You know how many much criticism he probably would get If someone just disagrees with him <laughs> Even the Israelites when they asked for a new king How much hatred, how much uh, envy How much uh, violence tried to, try, tried to rise up in Samuel But Samuel kept postured before the Lord the Lord could speak to Samuel and regardless if Samuel didn't like it or not, he still would say it. Regardless if Samuel didn't like the next move, he still would do it. Samuel knew the importance of obedience. Samuel knew the importance of following the word of the Lord. Samuel knew that it's not his will, but it was, but it was God's will to be done. If it was Samuel's will, Samuel would have never anointed Saul. It would never happen. Samuel didn't want that to happen. Samuel had children. And his children were literally meant to be the ones that were meant to continue the priestly uh, uh, nature. But Samuel's children were also corrupt. So they couldn't have the the benefit. So Samuel was in a place of anguish and sadness and so many things. But he couldn't literally pass on what was meant to be for others. Because the Israelites pleaded to Samuel and asked for a king. And God says, yo Samuel, let them have what they want. (laughs) Samuel was a great man of God. Samuel was an accurate prophet. Samuel was an obedient prophet. And I just want to say, even now, for those that literally are trying to hear the word of the Lord, for those who are struggling... For those who are like Samuel when he was a little boy when the Lord's calling him and Samuel kept running to Eli. Samuel kept going to Eli because he didn't understand if it's God's voice or this Eli's voice. Samuel was in a place where he heard someone calling him but he only knew Eli's voice at this time. Why? Because certain points we will have genes of our leaders speaking to us but really it's the Spirit of God. Or we will hear voices of our leader speaking to us but really it's the Spirit of God. Because all Samuel knew at that point was his leader. Now when God tries to take you to the next step, it's now okay. I know you've listened to your leader but now see me for who I am I put the word in your leader's voice but now I'm, put, I'm giving you the word straight to you and I feel like God even in this moment in this time is trying to get you to a place where you don't become so reliant on your leaders so reliant on their word of the Lord so reliant on altar calls so reliant on prophecies but he needs you to be reliant on his word and how he speaks to you read the Bible in prayer God wants to speak to a lot of you in intercession God wants to speak to a lot of you during worship God wants to speak to a lot of you in your dreams but you are reliant on man in this time in this season i pray that you will not rely on the voice of man that you shall not rely on the motive of man you shall not rely on the actions of man but you will rely on god's voice and god's voice alone God wants to speak to you and he's and he's making his signature very clear on the way that he speaks to you some of you God speaks to you way more than once but just know even now God is speaking to you and he's trying to get you into the next stage of your life into a next level of your life the bible says we go from glory to glory to glory to glory and God is trying to get you to a new level of glory which is a new level of holiness which is a new level of manifestation there is a lot of you that has got a lot of things held back because you're not hearing I know I'm I'm being prostate to the word of the Lord, but instead to the word of your leader. God is trying to reach out to the lost, to the hungry, to the ones that are wanting the next level, to the ones that are wanting that new level of intimacy. And God is literally releasing his spirit on us right now. And he's releasing his spirit on the young people and the old people. Now he's releasing his spirit. In the last days people would have dreams. Young people have dream dreams and have visions. God is literally trying to fill us with the kingdom of heaven, with the secrets of heaven, with the glory of heaven, so we can manifest it on this earth. But we are not in position and we are not listening so i prophesy and i pray that even right now that those that are under the sound of my voice shall hear the word of the lord shall hear and shall prostrate themselves we will be a submitted nation we will, we, we will be a submitted people and we will be submitted to the word of the lord regardless of how it makes us feel so yeah guys guys i'm sorry that this sounded rushed i'm sorry listen i could have on this for about an hour I literally had to chop and change because I wanted to be obedient to the time limit that I had. But I hope what I said blessed you in any way, shape or form. I can't wait to hear Jay's next week when she's speaking on another prophet. Make sure you tune into that. I love you guys. Thank you so much. And I hope this blessed you. Have a great night, morning, evening, wherever you are. I'll be back. Love you all.